first of all, it was really hot. And I mentioned the heat because this is the dedication of the volunteers that are out there. These are, these are just average people. I went with a guy named Tom Vanek. He goes out and uses this app that, that they have. We knocked on quite a few doors. The people that, that we encountered were all fairly receptive. There was some support for it, I, I would say. Um, one woman said she was very curious about this and why were you doing this? Um, and, and, and Tom said, well, we're, we want to make sure that you know there was voter integrity in the last election. And she goes, that's great. I'm, I'm one of those people that was concerned about it. Welcome to The Gaggle, an AZ Central podcast where we chat with reporters, experts, and special guests to keep you fully informed on the state's political news. I'm your co-host, Yvonne Winget Sanchez, and I cover national politics for the Arizona Republic. And I'm Ron Hansen, also a national reporter for the Republic. In today's episode, we're talking to the Republic's newest state political reporter, Ray Stern. Over the weekend, Ray got an inside look into the unofficial effort to canvass Maricopa County voters. We'll break down who is leading the effort and how it ties into the state's ongoing ballot review of the 2.1 million Maricopa County ballots of the 2020 presidential election. In July, the ballots were returned to state officials. Now locked away in a vault at the treasurer's office, they are going to be preserved for the next two years. A preliminary audit report by Cyber Ninjas was expected to be delivered to the state Senate last week, but was delayed because three employees of the company, including CEO Doug Logan, were sick with COVID-19. Here to talk about that with us is Ray Stern, once a very good competitor and now a peer inside the Republic. Ray, thanks so much for coming onto the show. You bet. Thanks for having me. So you joined these people as they went door to door talking to voters. Give us a sense of um, what you have seen and where in the Valley they've been canvassing so far. Well, the um, places that I know for sure that they've been canvassing is Tempe. Um, they have been canvassing all over the Valley and in the state, if you, uh, if, if you believe them. And, and I really don't see why there have, isn't a reason to at this point. It does seem like they've been doing this canvassing for months, um, as they claim, um, nine months, as a matter of fact. And maybe they're ramping it up more, but it, it did seem to get some extra publicity on social media last week. And that's where I noticed it. So we say that they're canvassing. What is that sort of jargon for? What does that mean? Canvassing is an election and, and voting term that, that candidates use often. And, and canvassing is basically going out, knocking on doors, ringing doorbells, and um, talking to people um, about maybe yourself if you're a candidate, or in this case, asking uh, how people voted. Um, and and not, not how they voted in terms of the person, but how they voted uh, in terms of the method by mail or in person, etc. Okay, so let's go to the million-dollar question with this. How does all of this fit in with the 2020 election where 2.1 million ballots from Maricopa County have been put under the microscope uh, for months now uh, with the state Senate? What does this canvas have to do with that? Well, it's that, you know, it's such an interesting question because in, in a way it has everything to do with it and it also has nothing to do with it. So um, that's, that's always kind of a fun answer. Um, the canvassing portion of the audit or there was supposed to be a canvassing portion of the audit from the very beginning. It was in their statement of work for, from Cyber Ninjas. And um, they considered it a necessary and important part of the, of the audit because they wanted to go out and get some samples of actual voters 
find out whether their statements and what they remember about how they voted matched what was seen on the voter rolls. Look for you know possible duplicate uh, registrations. That's that's one thing that they're very focused on. But um, fairly soon, um, that turned into a problem because uh, and, and really the, the the problem for cyber ninjas mainly started with Brennan Center for Justice, which is a New York Policy Institute, wrote a very long letter to the Department of Justice saying, you know, we've seen this statement of work. This uh, canvassing portion looks like voter intimidation, potentially. And we've seen um, other groups try to do things like this where it was considered intimidation. They're going and knocking on doors uh, specifically, for example, of immigrants um, and and maybe threatening that uh, that their information might be sent off to ICE and things like that. So, so there's there's kind of a long history of intimidation. And they mentioned that there are three separate uh, huge laws and acts in the federal code um, that, uh, that that specifically mentioned intimidation. So um, that prompted a, a letter from the Department of Justice to Cyber Ninjas and, and the Arizona Senate, uh, basically cautioning about this. And then Arizona Senator Karen Fan uh, put the kibosh on it. She said that that will not be part of the audit. That. And there was a question about canvassing. Department of Justice sent us a letter about four or six weeks ago and said, um, uh, we're concerned about you actually knocking on doors that you might, uh, you know, you might, uh, might be voter intimidation or civil rights violation or something. So we told the Department of Justice that we would postpone that indefinitely until your audit was at a point where we could even determine whether that was going to be necessary or not. However, so behind the scenes, even months before, there's this woman named Liz Harris, and she is a local mom and a, a real estate agent. She also ran unsuccessfully for um, for the state house of representatives in, in her area out there, Chandler. And so back in December, after she lost the election, she started worrying about the uh, the way the election had gone um, and started assembling this very large volunteer force. She also had been uh, working with some of the people that uh, had, had developed some of the... Um, well, you could call it evidence uh, for for major anomalies that that they said you know had occurred, and then they presented that uh, with Rudy Giuliani to um, to the to some senators, um, and that was kind of what really kicked off the audit. Um, so even though there there had been this canvassing plan as part of uh, the, the official plan of the audit when it started, this canvassing and the volunteer force for it, which had started before the audit, has been continuing this whole time. If you are into uh, social media that's conservative, like Telegram, or watch a lot of conservative uh, videos, you probably knew that, that this canvassing was going on because Liz Harris has been going on doing videos uh, you know, several a week about it. Other people have been talking about it, um, but it hasn't really entered the mainstream news. Um, there was a, an interesting situation in Yavapai County back in, I believe it was June, and um, there were reports that, that door knockers and canvassers up there were asking about the election, similar to, to what uh, people had expected from this audit, uh, you know, kind of somewhat linked uh, affiliated um, project. And there was concerns that they were identifying themselves as from the county recorder's office. Um, Liz Harris and her group denied that any, you know, any of their people who they trained were, were actually, uh, in, you know, impersonating anyone. But they did admit that they were up there doing the canvassing at that time. So um, so that was another piece of evidence that this canvassing was going on. And um, and then, it, like I said, it kind of exploded last week or about a week and a half ago now when they went out to a Tempe neighborhood and they encountered a lot of resistance. People who knew that there had been these um, 
you know, possibilities raised of voter intimidation and uh, some Democrats who felt that it was a possible voter intimidation. Liz Harris is a well-known, fairly well-known Republican activist here in town. So she's not doing the work on behalf of the audit, correct? Just to be clear, this is a separate canvassing effort, separate and aside from what Cyber Ninjas and the Senate have contracted for. That's accurate, right? Right. There's no official connection. So how is this legal? I think that's like the biggest question on everyone's minds. You're seeing, you know, videos of ring cameras picking up these people going door to door. You're having in some instances um, people chasing down some of these people going to their doors. We've seen the attorney general say, hey, some of the stuff that's happening post-election might not be legal. People are just showing up randomly at your door asking you how you voted. How is any of this legal? It may be legal, and the Department of Justice may do an investigation on it. I also think that you could turn the question around and say, you know, how is it not legal? Um, to just go up to a door, ring the doorbell, ask a couple people, uh, you know, about some publicly available records that, that you've got. Um, it may spook some people out, but um, unless they cross some lines there, um, then then they may be safe. However, it's somewhat of an amateurish operation. They've got hundreds of volunteers. They train them, but um, whether they're all acting, uh, you know, the way that they should um, is is one question. Um, one thing that they do when they went out there that I noticed is they do. Um, and they talked about this as well, that they, they will talk to homeowners about some of the anomalies that they claim that they're finding. And so um, that could be viewed as maybe spreading um, disinformation or, or maybe disincentivizing people to vote. Um, on the other hand, we keep hearing this in the news. I, you know, I'm, I'm obviously not sure whether it's legal or illegal, but um, but I'll bet you the DOJ is um, you know still watching it since they said that, uh, that, that it's something they had of concern. And um, Liz Harris also claims in, in one of her videos that um, uh, Democratic groups are trying to get the Department of Justice to do an investigation. And that doesn't sound out of the realm of possibility. Ray, so you said that the the Justice Department is sort of keeping an eye on this thing and, and others are interested in it as well. But are there any bright legal lines in understanding when the boundaries are being crossed? When does this move from being a canvas, uh, relatively benign in nature, to something that can be construed reasonably as voter intimidation? Two areas uh, come to mind, and it, that both of them have been discussed by the group. And, and uh, one is uh, whether people are asking how they voted in terms of the actual candidate that they voted for. Um, and the group claims that they are, and, and from what I could see from the instruction that they gave their trainees uh, in the parking lot of the Queen Creek High School, um, they told them specifically not to, you know, not to ask about that. That was, that was, you know, made, uh, they were made to understand that. Um, and they were to go off only the questions that they were allowed to look at. The other big one is race. Um, and, um, you know, because there have been uh, voter intimidation uh, canvassing operations that that um, that have apparently targeted certain racial groups, and so it's a huge concern that the Department of Justice is looking at to make sure that that doesn't happen. Um, and um, of course, you know, you could get some questions that are asked by the canvassers, which I, I didn't hear anything remotely like that. But there could also be the issue of where are they going for this? Um, and so I saw an operation in Queen Creek. Um, it was a heavily white area. Tempe is a is a fairly diverse area. 
Um, but um, I, yeah, you know, I'm kind of curious how this works, for example, in the West Valley, where there might be, you know, it might be more heavily Latino. Do we have any indication or assurances from those involved in this that this will, in fact, be a representative canvas uh, when it's completed? They certainly claim that they are doing things professionally, keeping track of everything, um, and they expect that this information will be reviewed by either Cyber Ninjas, the Senate, um, and eventually the public. And so from their point of view, they're doing it the best that they can, and and they, they hope to convince minds. Um, but, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's going to be another issue of professionalism and, and confidence um, that probably will come up. So, so, if, you know, if their examples are, are not very clear, um, it could be a credibility issue. They're hoping it doesn't turn into that. Ray, give us a sense of what some of the the biggest shareholders in all of this have said or not said to this point. We have Mark Burnovich, the Republican Attorney General of Arizona, the top law enforcement officer in the state. We also have Secretary of State Katie Hobbs, a Democrat, who is uh, overseeing elections. Um, and we also have the the House Oversight Committee in Washington that has been seeking documents from Cyber Ninjas to make sure that they are, uh, you know, complying with federal laws and and trying to understand what their ultimate intent is here. What, if anything, have these three shareholders said or not about this canvassing operation? So far, they haven't said anything specific about it. Um, so we're, we're seeing the cyber ninjas having to turn over records and, and we're seeing, you know, records uh, that, that are directly related to the audit come out from American oversight, but, I, but we haven't seen any um, uh, records demands from to Liz Harris or the group uh, voter integrity. So, so far nobody has targeted them for this. Um, it's a, uh, it's a group of uh, grassroots, uh, volunteers, if you listen to them, it's extremely uh, loosely organized, um, and maybe they are just making sure that whatever they're doing is is legal, um, because this operation has other benefits. I think to the people that are involved in it, um, you know, this is this is part of the audit in a way, because um, you know, unofficially, certainly, I, I would say that that it, it's it's still part of the audits because they are raising money for the audit on their websites. They talk about, you know, they, they will steer people to these um, like five major contributors to the audit that are raising millions of dollars, like Mike Flynn's group, Christina Bob, et cetera. Um, and, um, and they expect that the audit will eventually accept this. So they're kind of doing it in preparation for the audit. So it's, it's raising money for people. It's putting people on a high profile. Um, it's also allowing the, really thousands and, and maybe millions of people, I don't know, but you know, certainly there's a large group out there that are concerned about the election. They think Trump won. And this is really, I guess you could say, a great outlet for people who want to uh, explore these possibilities themselves. And, and a lot of people have answered these calls. And then those people are enhancing their own sort of political activism as well. So so this thing has, um, you know, a uh, sort of a, a, a wide a wide net that it's casting for, for volunteers as well as other possible uh, activists. And, um, and it's also a money issue. Tell us what you're seeing, what they're doing, what the pitch is when someone opens the door. There's a preparation in the morning. 
uh, when we met at the Queen Creek High School. Um, and there were about 25 people who gathered, which I didn't think was really a bad uh, gathering for, for this type of event. Although uh, James Knox, who was the main organizer, he, he was lamenting the fact that, that there weren't as many people as he usually sees. He sees 100 to 150, he says sometimes. These people were ready with their clipboards and their water bottles. You're walking along, when, uh, whether you're a candidate or, or a, a Trump-supporting uh, you know, canvasser, um, it, this, is, this is kind of tough work because there's a lot of people that are not home. You have to be patient. You go to a lot of homes where, where there's nobody there. Um, the people that, that we encountered were all fairly receptive. Um, they, they, were, they were just not thinking that this was unusual. Um, I'm surprised anyone opened the door to us these days, you know, not only with COVID, but there's three people standing at your doorstep. Uh, but people did open the door and, and they answered questions, um, in some cases, surprisingly um, um, open to the idea that, that here's these strangers with this app um, who, are, who are dressed fairly casually because it's hot out and they know some information about me. Um, but um, we didn't encounter anyone who was, who was uh, too worried about that. Nothing too unusual happened. Um, I will say that um, I didn't notice that, that there were any unusual answers, but I can just tell you that, that, that back at the home of James Woods, where, uh, or James Knox, excuse me, not James Woods, um, has his computer set up and he's, he's taking calls from canvassers and whatnot. And, and so he was explaining that of the people that, that I had uh, been tagging or, or had seen actually talk, he said that there was an anomaly that they found. And this person said that they had um, uh, voted in person after receiving a mail-in ballot. The canvassers didn't know this because they don't have all the information on, on their app. But, uh, but back at the ranch, James said, yes, we can see that from the election information that, that it shows that this person voted um, by mail and not in person. So, wow, a discrepancy there. And said so there's lots of discrepancies. And so that's one of the, thing that, the things that interests these people. And presumably, this is the sort of outreach that could help Republicans and potentially Democrats, right, um, ahead of 2022, if they can find gaps, if they can find procedural problems, if they um, can sort of better target voters through these canvassing efforts um, by asking pretty boring questions about how they voted. You know, maybe this is something that that could help them with an eye towards 2022. Right. If the information is... is well-kept and accurate, then I think it would be politically beneficial to, to many people. So I, I personally just would uh, like to see it released publicly. I, I hope it is released publicly and, and it's in, in its entirety. It'll be interesting to all uh, election walks for sure. But, it, you know, it, it also could result in, uh, in, in fines, jail terms. I don't know what, you know, it's, uh, you know, the, the question of illegality still looms out there. Ray, you mentioned that they use an app to, uh, approach these uh, residents. What app is it and, and what information are they using? Is this something that is uh, otherwise private information? Is it something that's normally in, in the public realm or, or do we know? The information, as far as I can tell, is publicly available information that they got from the recorder's office in, in other counties. Um, and it's basic information about what is the person's name, who's the registered voter, where did they, what address did they register to, and um, and then they also find out whether you voted by mail, voted in person. That that information is actually all publicly available. This particular app that they're using isn't commercially available app, as far as I know. They they um, they had it donated or given to them according to the organizer James Knox. And 
Um, he wouldn't say who donated it. Uh, this is a little bit of the mystery that they're leaving there and makes you wonder where the connections lie. But um, somebody donated this app to them um, and created and donated it. And obviously these things you know, take some effort to put together. Um, and the app is called Volunteer. So I tried to look this up, but it's really impossible to find a, you know, a, a good match for that. And I don't know if there is anything on the web about it. But it looks like a map app that has preloaded um, addresses into it. And so when the, when the canvasser goes out, they can see red flags. Those are the, um, the addresses of the houses they're looking for. And then they also get some of that information that I was talking to you about. Oh, uh, you know, one more other thing. They actually record um, uh, with you know, uh, the uh, audio recording app. And so, so they will record some of the interactions as well to use as extra evidence. They sound a lot like us. <laughs> so what should Gaggle listeners do if uh, they happen to get a knock on their door in the middle of the hot, steamy monsoon afternoon and uh, someone wants to know how they voted in 2022? Any advice before, uh, before you take off? Well, it's an individual decision. Um, you know, um, if you want to tell them off, slam the door in their face, um, say you love Biden, I think that's your choice. You want to cooperate. Um, that's, 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 a, that's a good choice as well, I suppose, because it's, it's a fairly innocuous thing. But also listen. That's what I would say. Listen to see, are they straying from something that, that, that may be legal? Did they ask something weird or, or say something um, that's, that, that you're concerned about? Um, maybe you should record the interaction if, if you're uh, that interested in it. But um, as a reporter, I'm just going to tell you, please uh, ask some questions, ask them a little bit about it and get in touch if you hear anything interesting. Very good. Well, Ray, thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate you sharing your experience and expertise on all of this with our listeners. Listeners, be sure to follow Ray's reporting by going to azcentral.com and clicking politics. Ray, where can people follow you on Twitter? Just go to at Ray Stern, and it's at R-A-Y-S-T-E-R-N. All right, listeners, let's dive into some afterthoughts. Election systems, election procedures are all sort of administered by humans who make mistakes. That being said, Ron, how credible might an effort like this be to sort of put a spotlight or to um, demonstrate any problems or any variables uh, in the 2020 election? Well, I'll say this. I think that whatever their intent, whatever their best effort might be, this is still going to be a, a pretty difficult proposition in terms of the credibility of it. That doesn't mean that it won't be credible, but it is to say that there's certain challenges inherent in an undertaking like this one. Just right off the top, if, if you look at something the Pew Research Center reported a few years ago, they found in 2016 that uh, in in some research on folks who had been asked if they definitely voted in 2014, they found that 16% of those who said they definitely had voted, there was no record that they had. So this is one out of every six voters for whom the information was at least at odds with what the public recollection was. And you introduce anything that has that kind of an error rate into it uh, and then layer on top of it the specific challenges of trying to get a representative sample for Arizona. Is it hitting the minority communities? Is it hitting Democrats? Is it finding Republicans where they are? Is this something that is outside the Valley as well as in the 
uh, very dense urban areas. How reliable, what inferences should anybody truly draw from it? Uh, that is a Herculean task, and that's if it's being done with the best of intentions. So I think they've got their work cut out for them. Uh, we'll see what comes back uh, from all of this, but it is something that is, I think, inextricably linked to a ballot review with the cyber ninjas that rightly or wrongly is going to be seen as something that was uh, a partisan undertaking anyway. So they will be linked with that kind of an effort. And that also doesn't speak uh, to great public confidence all the way around. But there is great confidence in the reporting of Ray Stern. Be sure to follow his reporting and the rest of the political team's coverage on azcentral.com. That is it for today, Gaggle listeners. While we still have you, please don't forget to rate and review our show and share it with a friend or two. If you want to reach out to me on Twitter, I'm at Yvonne Winget. And I'm at Ronald J. Hansen. That's H-A-N-S-E-N. Today's episode was edited and produced by Maritza Dominguez. Thanks so much for listening to The Gaggle, a podcast from the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com. Also be sure to check out Valley 101, an Arizona Republic and azcentral.com podcast that answers all of your questions about the Valley. From silly to serious, you ask the questions and we find the answers. For The Gaggle, I'm Yvonne Winget Sanchez. We'll see you next week. We made it through without my computer dying.